Greetings, troubled listeners, and welcome to the Troubled Men Podcast. I am Renee Coman, sitting in the ring room with my co-host, Mr. Manny Chevrolet, future mayor of New Orleans, original troubled man for troubled times. Welcome, Manny. Thank you, Renee. And I must say, um, I don't know much about you. Yeah, I know. I've been doing yeah, yeah, on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know who you are. I, did, I didn't really do my homework well, on you. You should listen to the podcast because yeah, I, I say I'll, it all. On yeah, the, on the, I, know, I try to. If, I try to. If you but, could ever listen to these. <laughs> yeah, I, I try to listen to them. I get through, I, you know, I'm back. I, I, I'm still like on show 36. Okay, well. You know, I'm getting there. <laughs> okay, yeah. And uh, this is a great show because uh, it's show 51. We, yes. We reached that turning you know we turned the corner we did okay. 50 shows yes. and now this is show 51 yes. 50 was our golden our yeah. golden show our golden yeah. show and it was funny because it ended up in the men's room the golden show yes, with the golden did. showers <laughs> well, and all that kind of stuff well without but, uh, the golden yeah, showers yeah. but it was the men's room yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a men's room yeah, check it out and, people uh, if you, uh, it's golden you showers of hits you know okay. that kind of stuff okay. like, like loaded loaded with hits yeah loaded with stuff but how are you doing I'm doing good you know I was uh, at in, in Austin at South by Southwest this weekend. Oh yeah, they still do that. Oh well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah, yeah. More. It's 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 so congested, it's, so so packed with people in Austin. Austin's a fine town. It's I love Austin. Town. Yes, we lived there after Katrina. Yeah, I lived there you, you too. Lived there. I, I never saw you. Saw you. Saw, did did you not? Maybe not. No. I think I, you saw my wife. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was sleeping with your different wife story. at the time, but okay. that's a whole different thing. Right. 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 Um, no, uh, it was good times. My cu- my kid was just like six months old, and your kids were like you know a little bit older, a little that. older. Yeah, we had some like fun four there. Four and six. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, returning to the scene of the crime, saw some great bands. Uh, saw this band that I was at, at the uh, Calgary Folk Festival with last year. These two brothers, they sing like the Everly Brothers, uh, oh. Cactus Blossom. Really? So, uh, yeah, I saw them. The two. Uh, Two good-looking, strapping young men. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're One Canucks? Of, they're Canadians? Um, uh, I don't know if they're Canadian. I'm not, not sure where they're from. They're called Calgary what? No, they're, they're uh, the Cactus Blossom. Oh, I thought you said Calgary. No, I saw them at the Calgary. Oh, you Folk saw them Festival. at the Calgary? Yeah, yeah. We, were, we, okay, were, we yeah. were both performing there, so we hung around for Oh, a well, that's days. cool. And uh, yeah, so I saw them with a, with a whole band, full band. It was uh, really sublime. You know, I had... Uh, the two of them both play guitars, and they had two additional guitar players, and they did all this very arranged, um, kind of like, like uh, you know, Phil Spector producing the Everly Brothers. You know, wow, it's like very specific guitar parts. Like one one of the extra guitar players had a double neck uh, Dan Electro, where he had a, a baritone guitar. So he'd play all those, like, Glenn Campbell, you know, low-tuning, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. You know, he'd play those low-baritone guitar parts. What do they call Phil Spector's sound again? Wall the of wall sound. of sound, yes. right. So yeah. then, then, the, then the other extra guitar player had a, a volume pedal, so he would do a lot of those, like... Uh, so as a musician, you swarm. appreciate this stuff. Oh, yeah, no, it was, yeah. It, was, it was fantastic. Because me, if I went and saw it, maybe I wouldn't appreciate it. Maybe I would just go, okay, no, that's no, cool. No, you no, would, you would be impressed. You wouldn't know... You know necessarily all the specifics as to why it was so elegant, but you would be you would think, wow, this is really something. You know, I don't uh, think so. No, okay. Anyway, <laughs> we've we've gotten over nine weeks of Mardi Gras. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then like so, this is what I want to talk about. This has been on my mind, okay. and of course, this past weekend, they still had more parades. They had the, uh, the St. Patrick's, uh, yeah, and Irish, then, and, and then, then the St. Joseph's Day was the next day, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. Do you do? You're Italian, Manny? Do you, no, I'm not Italian. Well, I, I, have, I have a little Italian. I, I, I'm like 
thirty percent Italian, oh, but I'm more Hispanic than anything. Right, right. But you so you, you don't participate in no, any, I, I don't, uh, any St. I don't. Joseph Day no, activities. I, I have no idea what it is. Okay, to tell you the truth, right. you know. <laughs> but of course, this city has to have a parade every weekend. Yes. And in fact, they're having a parade this weekend, which is going to bug the shit out of me. Huh, what's but, that? Oh, they're having like another Italian thing out in I don't know where they give out cabbages and an Irish thing. I don't oh, okay. know. Okay, you know. But what really what really pisses me off is that this city just doesn't stop with this stuff. Yeah. In fact, you know, just last week or just a few days ago, I was stuck in traffic because they were having a jazz funeral for a dead battery. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like they'll do anything. You know, the guy's battery died in his car. So they had a funeral, a jazz funeral for well, it. You know, you know, and I was stuck in traffic with that. So, you know, you're yeah, from but, here. Yeah. You know, you get it. Well, I don't, I don't get that. I get some of it. <laughs> you know, they had the Indians and, uh, sure, you know. Sure, and I don't Super understand Sunday. This, yeah, this, it, but uh, where are the Cowboys? If they have Mardi Gras Indians, where are the Mardi Gras uh, Cowboys? I think they're in, in Texas. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I guess. I'm guessing that's where they're hiding. I'm now. thinking they're at, you know, hanging out at uh, Chris Owen's place, okay. uh, the Cowboys. Okay. And you know what kind of Cowboys I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> midnight Cowboys. The Midnight Cowboys, right. <laughs> whose table's right next to yes, us. Yes, and the Midnight he, Cowboys got yeah, all yeah. of his uh, accoutrement out yeah. there. Yeah. He's got it all covered by a he's blanket. He's got it together. Blankets. He's a good kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good kid. Yeah, yeah, you know, I digress. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, that's been pretty much my week. Uh, I'm bored. Um, you know, my wife and child are the same. They just treat me like shit. It's first day of spring, though. It's first so, day of spring, though. So you're, yeah. You're, you're, you have a spring in your step. You're, you feel a, a lightness of being. The weather's changing. No, actually, I feel bloated lately. Okay. <laughs> I've been feeling lots of... Blo- you know, I'm an old man. I don't know that that's weather. Related, but I don't know okay. if that's weather related. There's no spring in my step. Okay, it's All just right. bloat in my belly. Okay, <laughs> you know. All right, well that'll do it. That, that'll do it. Yeah, but so that's where I'm at right now. Okay. And uh, well, let's let's jump right into our guest. Yes, I do. So, I, I, let's do that. Yeah, yeah. So it's a terrific guest. We just met uh, a, f- a few weeks ago. I've known about him for a long time. Followed his career. Um, uh, he was a terrific guy. Upon meeting him, he's you know him from the Squirrel Nut Zippers, from the Tri State Coalition. Is a long solo career. He's been uh, referred to as the Huck Finn of American music. Uh, without further ado, Mr. Jimbo Mathis. Welcome, Jimbo. What's up, you troubled rascals? You, you know, I'm with you on this parade thing, man. You know, it's. I, I, I was feeling that too. You know. Yeah, I, it's enough. I had. Yeah, it's enough, man. Can we know? have one weekend off? Yeah, I had a brunch. I was playing uh, down uh, on in the Irish Channel on uh-huh. um, Lundigras, I think. Lundigras, you know, yeah. The Sunday before, maybe. And so I'm coming from Mid City. And I'm going to go into my job, right, uh-huh. uh, down in Louisiana, close to CHOP. And so there's literally no way for me to get there because right. the, the, it's blocked off from the zoo all the way to the interstate. And, and you're just trying to make a living. There's no way I could get down there. I had to, like, right. break through a police uh, line. Yeah, and uh, speed away, you know, into the distance just to get to my brunch. Then I come back that uh, the last week, last weekend, same thing, St. Patrick's Day parade, yeah. <laughs> on freaking uh, magazines. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it's just I'm kind of like, 
Yeah. I'm kind of done. Well, you know, I've ran... Is that wrong? It it can be really exhausting. (laughs) And can't we just have one? But the thing is, the NOPD, the one good thing that they're good at is crowd control. So getting through anything with them is so fucking hard. Yeah. Where, you know, solving a crime or, you know, solving this and and solving this... Fuck them. They can't. They're shit. They but had cr- me under control. Yeah, they had you. Yeah. <laughs> and I just had to break bad and just bust. Through and you're it. chaos, aren't you? Yeah, I could tell apparently. by looking. You're a bunch of chaos. Apparently. You know, I, I play these brunches and wild yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? It's got that wild look in his eye. You yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. Cops I, I, automatically look at me and do not like me. I, I, they never have. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> you know, they take one look at me. It's like, you're guilty. You yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> Get out of the yeah. car. Just get in the, you know. An asshole out of the car. <laughs> yeah, when I get pulled over, I just immediately roll down the window and just hang my hands out. <laughs> I'm accepting of my fate. <laughs> you're, you're like, officer, okay, here, here you go. I'm clean, man. There's no marks here. Come on. Yeah, and then so, like, I had to run up, like, going back to the Sunday, like, I brought, broke my guitar slide at, the, at this brunch. So I'm thinking, okay, I've got to go to the guitar center up in Metairie. You know, yeah. surely, surely I'm I'm cool to get to Metairie, yeah, to the Guitar Center, a block from the uh, the big parade, yeah, yeah, parade. Oh no, 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 yeah, no, in no! In the middle of freaking uh, shopping malls. The St. Patrick's Day parade in Metairie is huge. It's it's fucking crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. My, yeah. my family actually went to that without me this this week. Oh really? They, they had a, yeah, because well, I was in Austin, so they. Oh you know, okay. Like, they, they went. They had a nice time. It was uh, it was good good family time, you know. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I would have never figured Tana, Eva, and Daniel going to a St. Patrick's oh, Day parade. Oh, and, and my parents. And, and your my, parents? My sister and her children and my brother-in-law. No, it's a whole, you know, the Comans love all that shit. They love parades, man. Really? Are you Irish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, part, you know, part Irish, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm Italian, I would, you know. Yeah, I would have never figured that they, they got into those parades. Really? Uh, no. I, you know. Both my kids have, like, bright red hair so when they stand out there at the, they, they get showered with shit at the, uh, the St. Patrick's Day Parade uh, I would, yeah <laughs> you know, I, I forgot to mention that uh, that that Jimbo has a, a new record out or it's just about to come out it's coming out uh, on April the 5th and he, he was kind enough to send me a link a couple of days ago I've been listening to the record terrific record man I'm, I was it's it's some of it is what I kind of anticipated and a bunch of it is not a bunch of it is is uh like a, a lot of orchestral pop kind of thing with you, you have some beautiful uh, vocal arrangements and and string applications and and it's really a, a far-ranging piece of work man it's quite different from anything i've done in the past so so jimbo or jim jimbo, or james jimbo, jimbo. or jay yeah, my mama calls me jimbo so okay you can too okay so jimbo you say you're playing a brunch i've always felt listening to music while i eat I really don't care for. You're not feeling it. Yeah, I, 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 I'd rather just want to eat. I don't really listen because, because you got to like take a bite and then give your attention to the band in some way. Yeah, I wouldn't want me at, when I was. <laughs> <laughs> I but I know, I know it's a big thing. I know it's a big thing, and a lot of bands do it. A lot of musicians do it. Um, Tony likes it over at Achafalaya. Yeah, because I know. It's kind of a little. People wait in there yeah. to get their tables, so it kind of makes sense. But it's a good, they have good breakfast. There. And they, they got it. the Bloody Mary bar there, so while right. people are making their no, drinks, our, you know, our, I can our, sing, our mutual friend, Carlo, Nuccio, <laughs> Carlo Nuccio, plays that brunch. Yeah, yeah, Carlo's done that yeah, for, for Yeah, for a that's few why years. I stopped going. Yeah, you know, but, they, um, they, they, they have a dish over there at a Chafalai. It's, uh, it's eggs treme. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the guy brings you a plate of eggs and shoots you in the leg. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of a funny story. <laughs> no, I've got a. Uh, I've been wearing this hat. Did I bring it in? Uh, I got it at. You the, were in here with a hat earlier. I got yeah. it on a. Uh, yeah, at a gas a station hat. on uh, Orleans. The Not I- guilty. The ideal gas station. It, 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 for those of you keeping score, it says "Not guilty" on it, you know. <laughs> and it shows two hands breaking handcuffs. The friend asked me, he said, "Why are you wearing a not guilty hat?" I said, "Well, they're sold out of all the guilty hats in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> There's not one to be had in the city." I like it. No, um, yeah, that's beautiful, man. That's yeah, that's classic. Yeah, I'm not a big hat guy, but see this jacket I'm wearing. You'll appreciate this, Jimbo. This jacket I'm wearing is uh, is falling apart. Nice it's, fabric. Yeah, this jacket was given to me by uh, Mr. Dennis Hopper, the actor. Nice. It's a little shark skin. Yeah, and it's going got on. like kind of the cowboy look to it. A little yoke. Yeah, yeah. Dennis Hopper gave me this jacket. Wow, man. During, uh, it was the late 80s, early 90s. I just happened to be, you know, I'm from Los Angeles, and I got invited to a party. I didn't know who the party it was, but it was down in Venice, and it happened to be Dennis Hopper was having a party. And this is what, back when he came back. You know how he was such a fuck-up, like, like yeah, yeah, in yeah. the late 70s, early 80s, and right, stuff right. like that. So he's, he comes back with Blue Velvet and, and all yeah, those. And he made Colors, a movie colors, directed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was big again. He was, so I got to go to his house for a party. And he was the nicest of guys, you know. And I thought, you know, I thought, you know, fucking, you know, here's a guy from Apocalypse Now, Easy Rider. You know, I just thought he was going to be out there. But he was out there in many ways. Right. But he came up to me and he, and he introduced himself and I told him who I was and stuff like that. And he goes, he goes, uh, I got something for you. And he, he go, we walk into his bedroom. He goes into this closet. He goes, I've had this jacket. It really doesn't fit me. It might fit you. And he gave me this jacket. Wow, man. That's yeah. Incredible. Yeah. He gave me this fucking jacket. Incredible. And, you know, I should have taken better care of it. I mean, there's some, it's got some moth, you know, stuff. It's been, well, he it's, was right. It fits you like a glove. Yeah, it fits me great. And, and it was so funny because he kept, you know, inhaling this stuff while he was talking. <laughs> I said, no, no. it's not. <laughs> no. You know, but uh, so this is my Dennis Hopper jacket. It's beautiful. And the one thing that pisses me off about this, um, when I moved here, I met some actor. I fucking forget his name. Um, but he used to hang out at the Circle Bar, and he was doing this one-man show or whatever, and he saw me in this jacket. He goes, can I borrow that jacket from my, my one-man show? It's only like seven nights, you know. And I said, all right, yeah, sure. And, you know, you think you let someone borrow something, they'll bring it back in the same condition and stuff like that. You know, he wore it under hot lights. He probably, he sweated in it and stuff like that. And he brings it back like in a paper bag all crumpled up. It's like, oh, you know, at least you could do. So I looked Animal. at him and I go, yeah, I go, at least you could do is go get it dry cleaned, you know? Yeah, I let sure. you... Now, something you don't look like the kind of guy that would expect the best out of people. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't have a problem with that part of the story. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I, I brought I brought this out tonight for you because I looked I looked at your resume and I thought this is a jacket you would appreciate. You know, I don't have any um, uh, movie star 
stories. Gifted clothes. Yeah, at gifted all clothes. In my yeah. No, and I'm going to keep this sucker. Of. I'm going to keep this sucker till I die and, you know, maybe, you know, auction it off. I c- Can I borrow that for a week? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, yeah. Take that on the road. Yeah, see, see take it, it on the road. Yeah. <laughs> Crumple it up, um, stick it in the back of the uh, van. I don't think so, I Jim. Got this new record, man. It would go <laughs> perfect with the songs. Yeah, 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 yeah. So back to your record. Um, you know, so, so uh, where did you record the record? Uh, I've been working uh, for about the past, uh, really about almost 10 years with Fat Possum Records right. up in Mississippi. And so they have a studio, started a studio in a little town called Water Valley, just outside of Oxford, Mississippi. Uh, and that's where I cut it. Uh, the studio's still there, even though Bruce Watson, the Fat Possum owner, he doesn't have it anymore. He sold it to... Uh, couple of friends of mine matt Patton, the bassist for drive-by truckers oh, okay, sure. owns it that's the closest i got to a movie star so, you know. <laughs> do, so where do you live you, I, you, I live in oxford really okay yeah. you, you live in a oxford, little town called but you Taylor. hang out here in new orleans i've everyone. been hanging out here for a couple of months uh on sabbatical okay. uh looking to maybe permanently stay down here or get kind of a two-place scenario going oh well, but i love the i loved it here the past two months i've been gigging like i mean I, I took any little thing i could get you know i played with you on a, a gig renee yeah new orleans has been uh, has been uh eating jimbo up man it looks like like every uh leader that could hire him did every every uh club owner that could offer him a, a, a residency did so he's been working his ass off they they really opened up the doors for me, and uh, I've enjoyed it a lot. So, okay. okay. So let me just refresh my memory. Okay. Um, so you were where were you born? Oxford, Mississippi. Okay, Oxford, Mississippi. And, and I heard you spent some time in the military. Merchant Marines. You were oh mer- merchant marine. Merchant Marines. Okay. I worked on the barges, man. Just right over the. Okay. Right my over brother, there. <laughs> my oldest brother, was a merchant marine okay. here in New Orleans. He he moved back to L.A. about five six years ago mm-hmm. but he uh he loved it mm-hmm. he, he loved it because he just got to you know he got to go everywhere mm. i just did the inland waterways so, okay uh, but yeah I, I got in like some scrapes with the law between like 17 age 17 that's when you were emerging right in there well that the, the story goes... Well, that's the best age to do it at. You don't want to so do it when you're 60. I got, in, I, I got sideways <laughs> with the law in uh, Octibaha County in okay. Mississippi, and uh, the judge took me back, and I got busted for pot like a couple of times, and I was looking at like some little jail time and some fines, and I didn't... I was just... I was trying to start a band, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and so the judge took me back in his office. He said, look, we got this program. It's... Uh, it's a Votech program, really, but it was a bigger thing they were doing at the time. So you could pick, like, a vocation. If you were, like, a offender but not a real bad offender, you could pick a vocation. Right. The state would pay for you to go to this Votech program for six months, give you, like, 14 bucks a week. They'd house you. And I'm looking at the list, and there's, like, under, you know, there's welder, you know, uh, transmission repair, riverboat deckhand. Uh, and I said, I'll take riverboat deckhand. Because you thought that sounded safe, yeah. <laughs> and I just and, did it right on the and spot. And for $14 a week, who wouldn't say no? <laughs> you know, I could get my toothpaste. And, and uh, so they, that's how I ended up on the Merchant Marine. So by the time I turned 18, they had placed me at Canal Barge Company right here Excellent. in New Orleans. Yeah. And it sent me on my way. I really enjoyed it, actually, too. I was there 
about three years, you know, you work a month straight and then you get like two weeks or a month off. So right. Gave me a chance right. on the month off, put some money in my pocket. I paid off my police problems. Yeah. And then I traveled on my own time. Well, my brother was a, you know, he was one of these guys who'd go out, they'd dock here in New Orleans or, and then they, they would go to West Africa. Or right, like right. That. That's a whole and different he, he'd thing. he'd be out there for months at a time. The only reason I had to join the Merchant Marines was because I started doing the tank patrolling right. barges. And so you have to be certified to pump those barges and thus the Merchant Marine. But I was in the bayous, man, in the intercoastal canal. We'd go up to Oil City. We'd go over to Texas and all up in the inner Tennessee River, Mississippi River, Ohio River. Did you hear River. what happened right outside of Houston this past few days? Yeah, I, I actually saw that that huge oh. plume. Yeah, the plume of smoke. Yeah, so they have this chemical fire that's going on. It started a few days ago. It went on for like six days. Well, and they said, well, we just have to let it burn itself out. Right. And so as I'm driving by Houston, it's a gigantic black plume that goes 4,000 feet into the air. Man. It's, it's I heard about that today. I wasn't <laughs> sure what the details were. Yeah, it's, it's, it looks horrible, man. Yeah, it doesn't look good, yeah. I don't really care for Houston, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, Houston, like Atlanta, has, has been under construction since the first time I went there, and they've never finished. Now. Right. It's, it's just one continuous uh, Where'd road that beer come from? With sprawl. Don't worry about it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a magician, a, too? Who do you think you're talking to? <laughs> He's a sneaky one. <laughs> yeah. Can't you tell? Okay. You know, Jimbo, uh, I, I heard that, uh, that you went 13 years without a drink one time. Yeah, and then I turned 14 years old. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that one. I got a million of them, man. 999,999 are, are terrible, but okay. that one's pretty good. Yeah, that's yeah, good. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, you know, yeah. I got to tell you what kind of guy this guy is. He, he, he got on my good side right off the bat. Like, we're on, the, on that first gig we were playing together, we were chatting, and, and uh, before we even knew that we know a million people in common yeah. and worked with a million people, like, you know, the Dickinsons and, and all that stuff. But I, I was going, yeah, you know, I have this podcast, and, you know, here, here's, a, here's a Troubled Men podcast sticker. And he goes, oh, man, I'm going to put that on my guitar right now. And he peels and he sticks it on the back of his new guitar. Oh, excellent. I like, I like it. Man. Yeah, I like that. Just jump right in with both feet, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I was angling for a spot right here on this podcast. <laughs> it was love at first sight. Like, okay, this guy. So we got a lot of people in common, like the Tav Falco stuff you did, right? And oh, yeah. the Guana stuff, right? Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Were you all just in Memphis cutting with Bruce? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why I thought maybe you had done it at, at Delta Sonic. So, you mm-hmm. know, the, the, okay, because he, he must have, you know, just switched over those studios or something. He switched over the past couple of years, but Incinerator, we cut down in Water Valley. So it's like six miles from my house down a little two-lane road, you know. I live in a rural area. Oh, okay. You know, I had such a great time working with Bruce. We, I, I might have mentioned on the podcast before, but... I, when, when we went in to cut, I didn't touch a knob on the bass amp. I just plugged into the DI and thought, let me see what I got. You know, and we did a couple of takes and went into the control room and listened, and we're all looking at each other like, oh, fuck, that sounds amazing. Not one person at any point in the two-day session said, ah, oh, could you get my instrument to sound a little bit more like this, a little bit less, you know. It's just nobody had anything to say. It sounded fantastic. Communication is highly overrated in the studio. You know, we just like to go just get the fishbowl and just, you know, have it ready and just 
pretty much sign off on well, it. Well, isn't that the case? Because I, I read a lot of uh, rock and roll autobiographies. You know, that's what I, uh, yeah. you know, musicians and stuff like that. And they always say the best uh, studio performances are the ones where you just come in there and it's like they, they did the album in a day. That kind of stuff. You yeah, know? the more you talk about it, the worse off you right. are. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, like if you, you got ask like somebody if they're out of tune, it's like you Right. Know. You know, I'm reading <laughs> I'm reading answer? um <laughs> I'm reading right now uh Lemmy from Motorhead. I mean I'm reading his autobiography. Oh, that's fun, huh? Oh <laughs> yeah. But he talks about how, you know, uh their third album was like done in like three days because uh, of course the record company needed something to follow the second album which was so great so they went on tour blah 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 and they had all these songs already written you know on tour and stuff and they just went into some English studio and they busted it out in three days and, and it's like and with no like you know nobody like talking about yeah yeah exactly what you said communication Jim, but, is, yeah. is highly overrated and basically it was like, what broke up the Beatles is like you know scream therapy and too much communication. Yeah, right. That's too why many... the Stones are still together. Right. You know, they only yeah, talk yeah, to each yeah. other through the media. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, it's true. It's true. I'm reading a book right now. It's kind of tongue-in-cheek comedic thing, but it's called Supernatural Strategies for Creating a Rock and Roll Group. Have you heard of this? No. My friend Roscoe up in Manhattan loaned it to me. And it uses examples of the Beatles, the Stones, and uh, Metallica. And it takes excerpts from their studio chatter when they're talking about right. kind of important things that are happening. So, you know, you got tapes, you got recorded bits of conversation. Shows an example of the Beatles, example of the Stones, and an example of Metallica and th- as three ways to uh, communicate in the studio. And the only one that's, that won is, 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 is the, the Metallica thing works. But yeah. it's just too painful. Right. <laughs> uh, the Stones, is, it, it's a lot of talking. But it's that, he says that they're West Coast. They have a, more of a tradition there of right. psychiatry and different things. And uh, Well, the Stones probably works. Shit, you know. The Stones... Yeah, 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 that 12-step that uh, yeah, yeah. cult. But mentality. the Stones probably works because they can't understand what the fuck they're saying. Keith, you fucking... They can't understand what the fuck they're saying. There's like 10 minutes of silence, and he says... I switched amps, you know, and they go move the microphone over and then they cut brown sugar. Right, 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 right. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, you yeah. know, Dickinson, our, 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 our common friend, Jim Dickinson, I'm sure you've seen where he's talking about uh, being at, at Muscle Shoals when the stones are cutting, and, and he's talking about how he wound up playing that tic-tac piano on, on, uh, on Wild Horses. And the reason he chose it is because he said in the entire session he didn't see Keith Richards touch a tuning knob the entire time so he was he was not even close to being a 440 or anything you know close to like what regular pitch would be you know standard pitch okay so as they start playing this dickinson's playing along in the regular piano and it's totally out of tune he said but you can't tell keith you need to tune your guitar <laughs> said, so i just started going to different pianos and i found one way in the back that had hadn't been tuned in years and it was out of tune enough to where it fit with keith's guitar Excellent. I think, I think the reason they called him over there was to bring weed anyway. Like, he wasn't supposed to play on that. He was brought, brought reefer from Memphis over to Muscle Shoals, you know. Right, right, yeah. He was, he was there, uh, uh, you know, he was just... just yeah, he was, but that's one of his, his uh, great uh, things to me. It's like, you know, if you want to break in show business, be the guy that brings coffee. 
Right. <laughs> Pro- proximity is so important. You know, it's like we, we had uh, Dick Deluxe. I don't know if you know Dick Deluxe. He's a New Orleans character. And he's, he was in the, the San Francisco scene. He's, I refer to him as like the Zelig of rock and roll because he's with the residents in one part. He's, he, his father played in the Jackie Gleason big band. Wow. And so he was, he's, he was around uh, Wayne Cochran and all those guys in Florida. But anyway, um, he's been on all these crazy records, you know, uh, Snake Finger and, all, and he was in the, the L.A. scene. And only, he's on the, all these records because he was there, you know, proximity. Be the guy that brings the coffee. That's what that's one of Dickinson's uh, idioms. You know. Now I used to work in the film business, and and for some projects, I was the guy who was uh, not really working on the film, but I was I was working for the crew and the actors who needed certain things to get by during the day. If you know, if you catch my drift, whatever. Yeah, yeah I've, I've been to Europe a couple times to work on some film projects, and my whole my sole job was to get hash. So were you? <laughs> or just cut to the chase. <laughs> so you brought me some tonight, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I got something for you. But uh, right now, I think I need a drink. Yes, yes. So we're going to do what we always do, uh, Jimbo. We're going to take a break for a second. The nation will take a break and the troubled nation and get themselves a cocktail and we'll help ourselves to another round beautiful all right we'll be right back and we're back and we're back and you know what else is back what i just heard tonight levi's are back i thought you were gonna say the mcrib (laughs) no no that was that was a few months ago but apparently levi's are the cool thing again i thought not that's what I thought, too. But I saw this huge story on Levi's tonight before you came over that they're back and they went public. And so people can buy shares of Levi's. Okay. And uh, I never thought they left. Are you going to... Are you? Are no, you I've, I haven't worn a pair of jeans since I was 16 years right. old. Yeah, I've never seen you in a pair of jeans. No, I've never worn jeans. You know, you know I, I do have a, a bone to pick with Levi's now since you brought it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I'll find a... a a, a cut of, of Levi's in, in a size that fits me. Yeah. And so you think, well, okay, that style number, whatever it is, you know, five... 501s? Whatever those are. Yeah, you know, what do you five wearing? 514s or five something. 514s. So, so in a certain waist and a certain length, now you'd think the next year you could just order a pair of jeans right. of that style and that cut and they would fit exactly the same. Yeah. Well, you'd be wrong. Because yeah. they... They don't, I don't know, there's no consistency from year to year. It's a big problem for me. Yeah, well, the problem I had with Levi's at an early age, they just rubbed my thighs the wrong way, and I'd get, like, rashes and stuff like that. You have big thighs? No, I don't have big thighs. I'm, you you get the chapped ass. That's yeah, the yeah, triple yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I get the chapped ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And I, you know, uh, I order mine online now, and they, it's been okay. Like, I hadn't had a problem. I like See, I can't cut, order clothes. Whatever size, it comes online and it usually works, but that's only been for a couple of years I've done See, that. I can't, I don't want to order clothes online yeah, bad luck. Yeah, yeah. I don't then, well people do it and they think they, they say I have, I'm the same as you it's like well it, it, what if it's not right or you know how can you tell from the picture and they say right. well, you just send it back and it's like but what a pain I, I usually yeah. wind up not sending it back and it just sits in my closet and it takes right. up space and I never it's a waste of money I, mean, yeah, well I don't yeah I, I will not buy clothes online have you guys considered nudist colonies <laughs> no 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 have you seen us naked <laughs> 
Uh, no, sir. I just met you tonight. I've considered them. I did hear about the bathroom thing earlier, so I don't know how this <laughs> interview is going to end. No, uh, I... I, uh, I we like to play it by ear. You see, know? the problem... Conclude. Listen, Jimbo, I went to a nudist colony once, you know, and it was the weirdest thing because, you know, you're at the beach, at the beach, and there's a fine line, there's a fine line between uh, rubbing lotion on your body and rubbing body, rubbing your body with lotion. There's a fine line, okay? So think about it. I'm not going to think about that much more than I just did. You know, the saddest thing in the world would be like a nudist colony, like, in a parking lot or something. Like, it's always at the beach. Right, yeah, it yeah, has to like, be. Yeah. You know, what if it was just in, like, a soybean field? Or in a mall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think at these nudist colonies, everybody has to carry a towel, right? I think that's what I would on. hope so. Yeah, so you can put your towel down. Because every down time there, I've yeah. seen pictures or footage of no, nudists... Really. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a oh, good thing. Oh, yeah, like on chairs and sofas and, yeah. Yeah. So they eat, go to dinner in the nude as well and sit down for meals? Or? I guess. I mean, uh, I mean, you know, uh, Mr. Well, Chevrolet. yeah, there's meals in the nude. There's... Uh, Never but heard you know the, the expression, yeah. meals in the nude. <laughs> it's the name of your new album. That's your new album, Meals in the Nude. <laughs> it's, a it's got a ring to it. But the thing is, bars. the thing is, you bathe with your clothes on. No. No. <laughs> you got me on that. Meals in the nude. That's the A what? side, and the B side is meals with your clothes on. What would be the saddest place for a nudist? Shower colony? with the clothes on. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's that say? What would be the saddest place to have a, like a nudist retreat? Walmart or? Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> North Korea. Uh, North I, I, Korea. Yeah, North Korea or. Uh, Just off the top of your head. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I mean, anything is sad there, right? The. Uh, I'm thinking a soybean field. The Italian Irish parade, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but listen. Okay, so before we broke. Uh, we were talking about your career as uh, a merchant and all that kind of stuff. And so when does I'm going to fast forward. When does the uh, Squirrel Nut Zippers happen, and how does it happen? Because it, it's a great band. I thanks, love that man. band. Thanks, man. We left a pretty nice yeah, legacy. You, um, yeah, you guys were huge. Uh, man, it didn't You're take still long. Huge, aren't you? Yeah, we're on the road, man. Yeah. We uh, we just got a new record and everything. Uh, uh, man, it didn't take long. Like uh, I moved into so. I'd work a month. You'd do two shifts a day, so you worked every six hours. You know, you'd work six hours on, sleep for six, work so so you work around the clock with six hour breaks. You work did that for a month, and then you get off for a month. And uh, so on the month, I'm thinking I got to escape Mississippi. You know, right. at this time, it's before I embraced my state. You know, uh, and, and really appreciated where I was from. But so I traveled, traveled, went to San Francisco, went to uh, up east, and of course New Orleans. I knew about, and but the place I I landed on was Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Okay. And the reason was that um, it was a small town, then kind of village type, commu- you know, small college, quirky college town. A lot of people from pulled in people from different areas a lot of bookstores a lot of uh you could get a library card you know with you didn't even have to have an id and their library there was way beyond anything i could even order in mississippi you know i always like books and records and stuff so it was heaven and there was a couple of little record labels 
and there were bands that were doing original music, you know. Yeah. And you know they didn't have to play. Give me. What's the name? Give me, give me three steps. And so I, I thought, man, this is cool, you know. So yeah. it wasn't long before it was within a year of me moving up there. I got a record deal. Um, wow. And uh, and the first one, first band I had, got a record deal, and it lasted about a year. And then I sort of morphed that over. What band was that? It's called Metal Flake Mother. Metal Flake Mother. Yeah, Metal Flake, like the paint on cars. So if the nation wants to look that up, can they, they hear They can get it, yeah. It's yeah. A, we had a producer, Lou Giordano, and it's the first time I you know, saw what a real record producer did and stuff. And had a label, <clears throat> and, uh, but no fucking clue what the goal was. Right. You know, I, I and what, was this know. a solo act? Uh, it was, it a, was a rock and roll band. Okay. Man. And I was the drummer, you know, and... Uh, Oh. And uh, and then that morphed in really quickly to the squirrel nut zipper squirrel nut zippers. Yeah, we did one. G- we rehearsed over the summer with the squirrel nut zippers. Did one gig and got a record deal wow. with Merge Records. Oh, okay. And then quickly that we just blew the fuck. Yeah. Up. Uh, and so that all went down about ninety three. So yeah, okay. Uh, I'd only been in the town maybe a year and a half or two years and already. Hit the, with the zippers thing, yeah. So it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, man, you must have known those uh, Southern culture guys, huh? Yeah, that's one. You know, the the bands that it, that when I went up there, it's like uh, another thing about Chapel Hill. It was still Southern, like it had element, it had coffee shops and stuff that I had never heard of. You know, bookstores and things that you think of, especially mm-hmm. this is in the eighties. You know, so it had accoutrements of. I was not familiar with, but it was also very southern. Did they have a sound of a vacuum cleaner going on behind you? <laughs> <laughs> Is that? <laughs> They're sucking out the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Manny, I have to say the the uh, scratch the the chair scraping has been uh, has been noticeably absent the the last what? several months. I think they. Yolanda took a took a leave of absence or something. No, I think she's switched her shift. I think she's working the mornings. Okay, because she couldn't take us. She's yeah, didn't, uh, well, didn't, didn't dig. What she, we were I've down. seen her here in the mornings. Okay, and she's basically passed out on the floor. Uh, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, we used to have this uh, this lady that would come in and start scraping the chairs right about now, and you would hear them <laughs> scraping really loud, and we would we would start cracking up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you guys are still here. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, you, it wasn't it didn't bother you enough to go no. to another location. The ring yeah. room is the Troubled Men podcast room. This it's is the headquarters. Yeah, this is our headquarters. It's the hideout. Uh, and the nation uh, knows a little bit about the ring room. But anyway, listen. So squirrel nut zippers are huge. You know, my my girlfriend at the time loved you guys. You know, she loved you guys. And uh, so what? Ha- so you're still doing gigs. Now today you're still doing gigs as a squirrel nut zipper. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I what is a squirrel nut zipper? Uh, squirrel nut zipper is a it's a candy. It's a type of candy, a five cent candy, uh, originated in about 1920 in Cambridge, Massachusetts. You know, I've never heard of this. Uh, it, it's, a, <laughs> it's an odd. It's an yeah. odd thing. Um, it's a candy. Yeah, it's like a little. Have you seen the Mary Janes? The little yeah, Mary yeah, Janes. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. I didn't know about them until I moved to to Chapel, Chapel Hill. Hill. Chapel Hill's like the end of the East Coast. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah, when they yeah, say yeah, up yeah. east, like yeah, I love it. 
Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's the end. Then you get to South Carolina and it's over. Yeah. You might as well yeah. be in Mississippi. <laughs> it's, it's worse than Mississippi, you know. Yeah. You know, it, 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 yeah. It's, so, so Chapel Hill is kind of the end of that. Right. Okay, that makes sense. so it's a candy that came from Massachusetts? Cambridge, Massachusetts. And, and it was almost a derelict company. Um, I, I found them driving a backhoe when I first moved to Chapel Hill. Are they Hill. good? Yeah, they're like little caramel things with peanuts in them. They'll pull your fillings and shit out. Like, <laughs> I got this gold tooth. No, I can't. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, that's another story. Well, that's a great name. It was an yeah. antique. Have you ever read uh, Confederacy of Dunces? You know, the the Levy Pants Company and Confederacy of Dunces when Riley... The Levi's Pants? Uh, yeah, <laughs> the Levy. You know, the Levy they Pants. changed the name. <laughs> he goes in and it's this old company and, and uh-huh. the old secretary is still there and their teeth are falling out. That's kind of like the Squirrel Brand Company was. The same employees had been there since the 20s. Like Manny, the Puerto Rican repair guy, <laughs> and and the secretary with the you know with the beehive hairdo, and so and, and the owner was ninety years old. So how do you think they came up? We have this candy. Yeah, we have this candy. We're gonna call it Squirrel Nut Zipper. Well. Tell me, Jimbo, tell me. <laughs> if you'd like to know, it was called Squirrel Brand Company because they started out roasting peanuts. Okay. That was their thing, right? Uh, they started branching into saltwater taffy. Okay. Okay. And then uh, this is during Prohibition that the Squirrel Nut Zipper was born. Okay, so there was a head, there was a, a concoction up in the Boston, Cambridge area, and this was in the industrial area where, yeah. where the factory was. Now it's all condos and shit. I just went there a few years ago to see the old factory. It's totally Condos where the factory was now. In no, fact, yeah, that's fact, pretty much. They left the sign painted. That's pretty on much side, everywhere. Of course. So there was a thing called a nut zipper, I guess, because you know maybe you, it's I don't cut know, your nuts. I, in the I, zipper. I guess it was it was a bootleg liquor. Oh, okay. Called a nut zipper, and they made it in the bathtub. You know, and and and, and, and so there was some headline of some guy that had uh, climbed a tree and the cops couldn't talk him down. He ended up, he was shit-faced on these nut zippers. And <laughs> this is a headline in the paper, you know, torn from the pages of, of, the, of, the, of the... Cambridge uh, Press. The Cambridge yeah, Press, yeah. squirrel nut zippers. Oh. Supposed to be kind of a little funny, you know, and they had a picture of a dude over there uh, looking down. And, uh, and so the, Mr. Garish, the owner of the company, said, this would be a great uh, thing for children to sell to children, you know, this, <laughs> yeah. this candy. And uh, thus the squirrel the wrapper of that candy. <laughs> <laughs> That's an absolutely made-up story, and it's not true at all. No. <laughs> okay, you know, we, 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 uh, sometimes I'll tell stories about guests on the podcast, and, and they'll go, really? Wow, like about themselves. They're amazing. And, and they go, is that true? And I go, sure, why not? What the fuck, man? What, what, <laughs> what do you, you care? There's no such thing as bad press. Yeah, yeah, no. It's, no. You know, you, you, Jimbo, you're someone that appreciates... Um, legend and and uh, mythology. mythology, yes. And never let the truth get in the way of a good story. That's exactly. my motto. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> now, now, so so the squirrel nut zipper. So you guys get huge. You tour everywhere: Japan, uh, Europe. Tell me about that. Uh, we played on Sesame Street. We played for <laughs> bi- uh, the, the Bill Clinton's inaugural ball. Let me, you know, the inaugural let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you. When Clinton gets, oh no, you go ahead, Manny. Yeah. That fucking Cookie Monster. He's a fucking asshole, right? <laughs> and you know who's a real asshole? Uh, Mr. Hoople. Mr. Hoople. <laughs> <laughs> 
Cookie Master was cool, man. I bought some <laughs> weed from him, and I was trying to roll well, it. He's in the an hoop. asshole because he sh- he shorted me once. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's known for that around the. So the you set. you played the Clinton inauguration, right? Played the Clinton, the first one or the second the second one? one, the second one. Yeah. What else did we do? Oh shit, uh, David Letterman, Tonight yeah, yeah, Show, yeah, 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 all yeah. that stuff. You didn't you Radio City Music Hall. We uh, played with Tony Bennett. Oh, we wow. had some nice gigs, man. Yeah, that guy sucks, man. He, he, he hit on my first wife. You know? oh, he well. did really. <laughs> you know, he said, uh, "I like your wife." Pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> he came right out with it. This next song's about your wife. <laughs> And it rocks. <laughs> That's my Tony Bennett. <laughs> Pretty yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lady Gaga. I love her. <laughs> I love Tony it's Bennett. It's reminded me of somebody else other than Tony Bennett. It's Alec Baldwin doing Tony there Bennett. There it is. <laughs> very good. Very good. So, so what, is, what does Bill Clinton think of you, Jimbo? But he liked him. Uh, he seemed to like me okay. Uh, the funny story about that is uh, we were, uh, I was on the same bill. It was at the Postal Museum, I think, or something. In, it used to be the old post office. Now it's some kind of <clears throat> venue or something in D.C. First thing, a homeless man made fun of my uh, tuxedo walking in to play the Bill Clinton inaugural <laughs> ball. You know, he told me my shit was too raggly. And then, which it kind of was. And then, uh, so we're on the same bill with LL Cool J. And and so we all, and some other artists, he's the only one I remember. So we all line up. Here comes Bill and Hillary and Chelsea and her date or whatever. And you do. uh, I was her date then. You line. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's that's why he looks familiar. I couldn't put my finger on it. No, go ahead. Uh, So we line up, you know, the bomb, the bomb. Here comes the Secret Service. All the artists come out, line up on stage. He comes through. He and the family come through and shake your hand, shake all the artists' hands, you know, with their back. To the audience, shaking everybody's hand, and he got to LL Cool J. Hillary goes, "Hello, James." He called him James. Oh, really? I guess his name is James. She knew it. Ladies love Cool James. Yeah, love cool yeah. J, baby, that's where it comes from. Did 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 Bill come up to you and go, "Hey, Jimbo, I like your wife." <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jimbo. He <laughs> just passed me an air joint. Yeah. By the way, for those of you who can't see this. Yeah. No. Uh, well, that's. That's, I mean, that's, a, that's just, amazing. It's one for the, you know, for yeah, the tale of the grandchildren. Yeah, you played a presi- presidential uh, yeah, So, I mean, it was a lot real fast, you know. And then by 2000, it had all gone south. Some of the dudes in the band uh, started suing me. Uh, I got su- I got uh, charged in federal court with RICO violations what, really? by two two <laughs> assholes that used to be in the squirrel nut zippers. Is, is this a, a chance to air grievance? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're excited yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've got we've got some time, sure. Well, two yeah. assholes that I gave a big break to. And, and, What's their name? Tom Maxwell and <laughs> yeah. Ken Mosher. And okay. you'll notice they haven't done shit uh, in the music yeah. business yeah. since then. Uh, they sued us and uh, sued me personally uh, in federal court for RICO violations. It was interstate money laundering and prostitution. <laughs> But, I mean, if you get sued in federal court, you have to answer. Yeah. You can't just go, this is a joke. Bullshit, yeah. I mean, you gotta come, you got to come heavy. Uh, they had already cleaned us out on this other deal. They tricked all our lawyers and shit and cleaned. I, had, I wrote them a check for $120,000 as my whole savings. I wrote a check to their attorney 
and wiped my shit out and moved back Where to Mississippi. Where do they live? Where do they fucking live, man? I don't Let's even go know, there right man. now. I don't even know, man. You matter, know? man. Look, the, the thing about, uh, you know, the, the people will get what they deserve. I agree, and I let it go. But, you know, it was hard to write that a check that big. I mean, you got to put a lot of... Of uh, Effort, le- letters yeah. on that check yeah. to go yeah. one hundred twenty and no hundred thousand dollars. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't think I've ever ever written a check. And that was it, man. And I <laughs> yeah. packed up, and uh, it, it it was it was it was rough. But I decided, fuck it, man. I said I didn't get into music for the money anyway. It, it doesn't you got matter it for I the said, chicks. I got it for the well, chicks and the drugs. Yeah. So the thing, man. So, Jimbo, you you've been playing music like you came from a family band background. Like, so so you know, you guys are fucking hillbillies, and you guys would sit on the porch and and uh, you'd play mandolin, and everybody would sing. It's like the fucking Carter family or something, man. It's like the Adams family <laughs> of hillbillies. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. But, or uh, the Manson family. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, later on. Family yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, family yeah, family, man. Yeah, it's a family man. The Manson family. Don't yeah. ever talk against the family, Fredo. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but so, so so I mean, you were in it as a vocation. It's you were you were you were born to do this. Yeah, it was like a, I checked uh, you know riverboat deckhand. I checked you know mandolin. So you're born into it, basically. Yeah, yeah my dad, like, my uncles, my like, cousins. Uh, I come from a long Bukowski's book. Born into it. You know? <clears throat> I was born into it from like the. My dad's From day people, one. the Scott Irish people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like my father still plays. Um, you know, he's a tenor player. He he plays several times a week. It's you know, it's something you can do the rest of your life. Yeah, and then they just did it for fun for vo- vo- for uh, pastime. pastime. So it was social music. So I said, "Fuck it, man." I said, "I don't care about the money. I'm not going to let it uh, ruin the rest of my career." I mean, I was in my I was about 30 or my early 30s then. I said, I got a long way to go. So fuck the money. Uh, I moved back to Mississippi in 2003 and just started working in the the bars, the catfish houses, the crawdad restaurants well, uh, and shit. Uh, okay, Jimbo, one, one last question. So how do they prove that you were doing a RICO against these people? Well, it was thrown out. How did they prove it? They they couldn't prove it because uh, what they did is they came and fucked us the first time through this like this little arbitration deal that we had like a, a small business agreement partnership agreement. Right, right. They got in this back way, tricked all my my our attorneys were. I mean, we were making millions of dollars for people, and um, good. I had like. $250,000 in stocks and bonds and shit, like, own yeah. my house, own my cars, everything, you know what I mean? This was way beyond anything I ever thought of. Right. You know, and, and, and I had my shit all locked down. I was making, like, thousands of dollars a month just on interest, and, like, I would have never had to work again. But uh, but they came through, and I had a, so I had a good lawyer, good accountant and shit. These guys maliciously paranoid, paranoid, insecure assholes that they are, Came and stole not all my money, but everybody else in the band, and then came back five years later and sued me for uh, three, four years later, sued me for federal charges. And the judge finally got a chance to open the case up because in that in that arbitration, not to get God. too heavy into legal shit, but they had to give depositions on this next go round. Yeah, and shit, they came in, ended up. 
they really didn't even know what was going on the first time. You know, it was just some lawyers. They were, uh, you know, half the question is like, uh, I was stoned. I don't know. It's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'll go ruin all these people's lives because I'm, I hate them because. And they're probably I'm a like li- the, the, these people are probably living in trailer parks, and they've wasted all Who the money. Knows, probably, I mean, he wrote the hit. You know, it's like the dude wrote the hit. It, uh, you oh, know, okay. You know, he had more money than me. Certainly didn't need to uh, to go after you, man. It's just spite, I guess. It was it was spite, man, and uh, it's just one of those things. Cause I'm fucking cool, man. When, when well, we've cool, talked about spite before. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I, yeah. You know, when 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 you're as cool as Jumbo, people look at you and they think, well, I will never be that cool. So what can I do to hurt him? That's pretty much what, like, you guys are like, you, you guys fucked his cool. wife, didn't you? Hell no. <laughs> and then they end up switching each other's wives. I would turn into a nightmare. Oh, uh, but, uh, they got what they deserve. You know, but just like you said, everybody gets what they deserve. If you go look, you won't see any music coming out from them. You won't see any kind of. Yeah. And so my thing was just stick to the grindstone, do what I do, write, produce, learn instruments, help people with music, help people with art. And, and stay on the trail. And, and that's, I made up my mind to do it. I was going to start over in Mississippi and do it in Mississippi. And that's what I've been doing since 2003. Yeah, man. And here you are right on the precipice of this, this great new solo record. And you're, you're touring with the, with the Squirrel Nut Zippers. And then you're going to, I imagine, tour with your own solo stuff after this, this uh, Squirrel Nut thing is, uh, you know, after this short tour, you're going to support your own record. I've got a piece coming out in the Rolling Stone. It's a premiere of one of my new songs. It'll be out on the 4th of April. It's a Rolling Stone premiere for one of my songs. And, I mean, they hadn't given me any kind of love since the Zippers days, since probably 99 or something. So they're doing a nice feature on me, uh, or a nice piece uh, premiering the song. Uh, they're premiering uh, Sunken Road, the thing I did with Lily Hyatt. And uh, they're premiering a little documentary that's coming out about me. Uh, it's called The World According to Jimbo Mathis. It's coming out. It's going to be premiere on Rolling Stone uh, on the 4th. So, wow. You know, so, Nation, look for that. I'll be looking for that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. When you do all this press, uh, you know, don't forget the Troubleman podcast. <laughs> Believe me, I never forget a friend. <laughs> That's why I'm going to forget you guys as soon as I walk out the fucking door. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel like we could talk for three more hours, but yeah. I feel like they're also shutting the lights off. Yeah, well, here. the ring room has a, has a time where we shut down. Yeah. 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 So, Jimbo, uh, pleasure to meet you. Thank you. And Thank you, my name's Manny. Chevrolet. Yeah, Chevrolet. I, I prefer to call you Mr. Chevrolet. Yeah, call me uh, Mr. Like Chevrolet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, he's, he's a Southern gentleman at, at heart. Yeah, yeah. A woman told me in uh, in uh, Winn Dixie the other day. Uh, a, a, a black lady said, "You a gentleman?" She said, "There ain't no gentlemen's left." <laughs> true, true. We, you know, as another gentleman. It, we, yeah. 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 You also you you know at first meeting you I thought you were uh, Brad Dura from every scene from Blue Velvet. But that yeah, you know, playing with the snakes and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> you know, but you you know, I realize now at the end of this podcast you're not. You you're not. You're you're more like Tommy Lee Jones and no, I'm kidding, you know. <laughs> Man loves all the movie references. So who is just to wrap it up, who am I? If you had yeah. to put one on me. Uh, oh, I you know, I'm Steve looking, McQueen? No. 
Hey, well, you know, we well, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just going big. No, I think you're like uh, Steve Buscemi. No, no, you're not Steve Buscemi. No, no, I'm Steve Buscemi. Yeah, no, I, I still see the Brad Dourif in you in like every scene from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. You know, uh, but oh, no, yeah, now I see it. <laughs> I'm not quite that whack. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, but. That's not what your mother said. Ooh, <laughs> now we're going there. So that's, what, that's what Nurse Ratchet always said to Dragon. I got the hot for Nurse Ratchet. So. Yeah. yeah, you like a little bit of discipline, huh? No, I went to school with her son. Uh, yeah, you see, Manny goes deep. Manny, Manny's Louise Fletcher, who won the Academy Award for Nurse Ratchet. I went to school with her son, and her son, uh, his name was Andy. Andy and he, he, I met him in drama class, and he was one of the. He was a, actually he was a pretty good actor, but I have no idea what happened to him. Well, I'm glad I was able. I finally able to <laughs> air my grievance with the two assholes that stole all my money. This is the first time I've ever good. told that story to anyone in a in a Listen, recorded way. So I'm proud that the trouble Listen. allowed me to air my grievances. Listen, absolutely, man. This is the fucking forum for it. Yeah, exactly. And 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 tell tell the troubled nation their names again, because we have to put it out there. We have to put it out there. Tom Maxwell. Okay. And Nate. Ken Mosher. Kiss oh. my motherfucking ass. Exactly. Okay, well, um, so people, you know, check out. There you go, baby. Check out. Jim Feels good. Yeah, yeah it does, doesn't it? Doesn't it? I feel better already. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can see you have a lightness. Now. Yeah, he look at it. He's got a glow around him. You have a glow around you, man. I have a glow, I know. Yeah, you're like... Uh, kept that bottled up for so Yeah, long. you're like Billy Bob Thornton now, man. you got this glow from Bad News Bears, the remake. Anyway. <laughs> it's, a, it's the glow of success yeah. and prosperity. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. That uh, I think uh, say that is the best revenge, right? Success is the best revenge. Exactly. I think happiness and fulfillment, especially as an artist, you know, that's all, man. I get my recognition from my peers, people that I work with. That's all I need, man. When when somebody that I that I admire comes and say, "Hey, man, your work means a lot to me." That's all I need. I'm done. Yeah, and you know what you also have, dude? You have a really nice head of hair. We talk about hair because we're all getting old. And Renee always compliments me on my hair, and I look at his. But uh, <laughs> we always compliment our guests. You have a really nice head of hair. Well, I, really, I'm, I feel a little uncomfortable right now. But... <laughs> Wait until we get to the bathroom. <laughs> Here we go. All right, Nation, uh, give a big round of applause. Oh, You got one more thing, Renee? No, I was going to say, check out... Uh, Jimbo Mathis's new record, Incinerator. It's a triptych of American music. Uh, you know, do yourself a favor. It's beautiful. He's, he's great vocals, great uh, instrumentation. He plays a lot of piano. I had no idea. It's fantastic. Check it out. And he's wearing a thermal shirt right now. Too. Sort of. Sort of a thermal shirt with a Levi vest. Anyway, good night. And remember... Uh, What's our tagline again? Troubleman, on the <laughs> Troubleman <laughs> podcast, we like to say, uh, trouble never ends, Trace. but the struggle continues. Good night. Struggle is real. Good night. A ride across Texas is a mighty long thing, especially when you got no booze to drink, you'll be thirsty. 
thirsty We rode 100 miles We rode 200 miles We rode 300 miles There was never a smile The men were so dusty and lonesome 